0: Well, once again, good morning, everyone. Want to welcome you to our service. And was not worship amazing today? Man, just the opportunity. Let me try that again. Wasn't worship amazing today? Man, just the opportunity we get to step into the presence of God and really connect with him. Um, I was telling um, the Dream Teamers earlier, um, Pam and I were listening to a book this past week, and one of the things the author said, is, says, are you listening to yourself or are you talking to yourself? And it's such a great reminder that when we sing worship songs, a lot of times we don't even know if we believe what we're singing. But the more we sing it, the more we begin to understand it and understand that standing it actually empowers us to walk in it and so i want to encourage each week man just come ready to worship God. It's not based upon how well we've done this week. If we can worship God, it's simply based upon his goodness and how amazing he actually is in our lives. So anyway, thank you for being here today. Thank you for being online with us today. We are so excited that you're joining us. Uh, Today we have a special guest speaker, uh, Pastor Travis Hurst. Um, He and I have been friends for about 15 years and uh, just a great pastor. Pastor's an amazing church in Shawnee, Oklahoma. And uh, one of the reasons why he's here today is, first of all, he's got a great word, had a great word in the first service. You're going to really be glad that you came. But also to kind of introduce him to you all Uh, We have been talking for a while about kind of changing our church government a little bit As we've been kind of growing and recognizing the need um, we've decided we're going to make some changes in our church government, and right now we have what is called basically a directional team, which many of you would know them as elders or deacons or the board of the church that kind of basically oversee the church in general, Um, and then we've got senior staff that basically runs the day-to-day activities of the church, and we're going to add a couple components to that, and one of them is the trustees. These are people that are going to be basically responsible for buildings and for budgets. They're, They're going to oversee that whole process here at the church. It's just a great way to kind of spread out the responsibility and the authority here at the church, but another group is called the Overseers, and um, they're basically, their job is really to kind of oversee me, and um, they're also going to help oversee our leadership team, that when we're kind of going through some things, in fact, already with these guys that are in my life, um, I bounce ideas off of them every time God's speaking to my heart about something, um, I always bounce ideas off of other people, because how many of you sometimes know that you really can't hear from God, But you also had bad pizza the night before, right? (laughs) And um, so to really make sure that that doesn't happen, I've got these guys in my life. And also for my staff and the leaders of our church, just to be able to connect with people that pastor, they have a different perspective, different ideas on things, just really helps us be more focused. And so I'm incredibly excited. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more in the fall, kind of laying all of that out for you. And we'll give you a heads up when we're doing that. Um, But it'll be just a great way for us to kind of step into the next season so we can actually reach broad as a church. So I'm super excited about it. So having said all that, I'm super excited that uh, Pastor Travis is with us today. So I'm going to ask you to give a warm Amarillo welcome as he comes today to minister the word of God to us.
1: Will you please remain standing? And if you're not standing, will you go ahead and stand? I'm so, so excited to be with you guys here today. If you don't know me, my name is Pastor Travis. He introduced me. I have my lovely wife in service with me. How many of you know that it's it's better to have a good wife than a bad wife? <laughs> Man, I've got a good wife. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm teasing. Of course, there's no such thing as a bad wife, right? So, uh, anyway, uh, I want to say something very quickly. We are very appreciative to your church, especially to your pastors, Pam and Richie Brown. They are the dream team. Pastors, I have known them, for, as he said, for 15 years. They have been an incredible blessing on my life and the relationships that he has had with me. They have spoken into my life through some tough times. But I want to tell you something. You are very, very blessed. I, I've been in church my entire life. I can't remember not going to church. I've been in church my entire life, and you know the real deal when you see it. And they are the real deal, and you're blessed to be, uh, to be serving under them. Yes, go ahead. Will you give them a hand? And your entire team, uh, we had an opportunity to speak to your, uh, your staff and your leadership last night uh, or yesterday. You guys made us feel so, so welcome. And you guys have the most incredible church. Your church is incredible. I I walked around before church. I always like to do this when I visit other churches. I like to go uh, harass people at their expense. I got to talk to some of the greeters and some of the people working in uh, guest services or the information table and some different people. You guys have an incredible church. I want to honor you today by showing up, not being afraid of what's going on in our society and our culture. You showed up today. You served. Come on. Let's give God glory. And let me just honor you today. As you remain standing, Romans the 8th chapter and the 29th verse says this, and I want you to read this with me if it's up on screen. It says this, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. I want to tell you something today, your life is not random, no matter how you got here today. No matter how you got into this life, wherever you are, it was not by accident. You're not an accident. God has your life in his hands. When you gave your life to him, you decided to step into a journey. He already had that predestined. You were predestined, but when you gave your life to him, you decided to follow him. And now you are a follower of Christ. And what he is doing now is he is taking you on a step by step journey to take you into a place where you become more like Jesus and to fulfill the purpose that God has for you in his life. I want to talk to you today about taking steps of faith. And as I do, I want to ask you two questions be asking yourself this Where is God taking me in this season and what step? Do I need to take? So, Heavenly Father, as we begin here today, I thank you, Lord, for your presence that we already feel. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us by your word, by your grace, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Before you're seated, I want you to look at three people and say, hey, just take another step. You can be seated. Now, I'm going to step off the stage here. For an illustration, I'm sorry about the people on camera if you can't see me. Now, the first service, I jumped off here, and that didn't work out as I hoped it would. (laughs) I'm going to old guy do it just for a second. As I said before, I've been in church my entire life. I, 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 I don't remember not being in church. I remember going to church where there was no such thing as kids ministry, that you had to go in and you had to sit on the pew, and if you didn't act right, you got pinched. I remember that I remember going to church when the services were so long that if you were a little guy, you sometimes fell asleep, and they would put you under the pew. And what I discovered was that was the best place to find small pieces of gum underneath the pews. And I'm kidding. I'm kidding, or am I? <clears throat> but something that I have learned: people like to talk about leaps, leaps of faith and stepping out and leaps of faith. But something that I have learned as a pastor in years of just relationship with God is living for God isn't so much about leaps of faith as much as it is about steps of faith, which is a good thing for me because I like taking steps better than I like taking leaps. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. I can stand right here, and how many of you believe that I could box jump from here up to about right there? How many of you? You think I could do that? How many of you like to just see me do that right now? Just like, come on, just take a big step. Jump up that rim. No way. You just like to see me embarrass myself, get bloody shins. There's a really ch- good chance I could do it, I don't know, 10 years ago. But you know what I'm going to do instead of that? I need to get back to my destination. Rather than, than, than taking the challenge of taking a leap or taking a box jump, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to step over here where the stairs are. And I'm going to take a couple of steps. See what I'm saying? Here's the deal. Steps make challenging destinations more achievable. And I think that we, we talk too much about leaps of faith when we really need to take about steps of faith. And what you might be thinking about today, maybe where God is taking you, maybe you've been praying about a situation. Maybe you've been praying about step, you know, maybe you've been thinking about a job. You're thinking, I just, I just need to jump. I just need to go for it. I just need to take a leap of faith. But, but what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about maybe just taking a step. That's good. And what does that step look like? Check this out. Psalm 37 and 23 says, The Lord directs what? The steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble... They will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. When when you gave your life to Christ, you entered into a relationship where he would give you direction that it wouldn't be blind faith. It would be according to his will for your life. And here's the deal. A lot of times the reason that we don't take steps of faith is because that we might fail. We're afraid. But I want to tell you something. You're not going to fall. You're not going to fail. You might stumble, as we just read though they stumble. And let me just speak that over your life. You didn't fail, you just stumbled. Now you might look at it like, a, man, I blew it, I failed, I can never recover. No, 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 you need, to, you need to remember that he, as it says, he's got you by the hand. And he's, he's going to carry you along. He's not going to leave you and abandon you. So you didn't fail, you just stumbled. I, I, I think somebody needs to hear that today. Look at your neighbor and say, he's th- I think he's talking to you. Look at your other neighbor and say, wait a minute, I think he's talking to me. With well, the rest of my time, I want to talk about doors. Sometimes when you take a step of faith, you need to enter in through a door. So I want to talk to you about doors of opportunity that lead to blessings from God. And to do that, I want to briefly lay a foundation, and I want to just want to have fun for a second, and I want to talk about the difference between doors and windows. Aren't you so glad you got all dressed up to come down here and learn about doors and windows? Amen. Let's talk about doors for a second. Doors are entrances that give us access into desired environments. Doors are entrances. Now, now stay with me for a second because I'm laying a foundation where I'm going to bring out some biblical principles. Doors can be locked and doors can be closed. Because not everybody is invited. You lock your door. Everybody here, do you lock your doors or you just leave them unlocked? You lock your doors, right? Why? Because not not everybody is invited into your home. God will place doors in your life that give his children access into opportunities that the world is not invited into. But because you have you have given your life to him, he gives us access into opportunities. We need access, however. First, if you're going to get access, you've got to be invited. Amen? Second, you've got to make a decision to enter through that door. A door re- always requires action, and that is to step through. Now that's doors. Now let's talk about windows. Windows are not entrances. They give us a view and of access of, of what is outside the environment, but they are not entrances. They are openings, but they are not entrances. Here's the deal. You, can you imagine somebody coming up to your house you, and, and, and they, you know, they knock on the window and try to get, a, you know, get a leg into your, in, into your window? Windows are not entrances. Right. If somebody comes to my house uninvited and tries to enter in through my window, well, I don't know what you guys do here in Texas but we've got a remedy for that, and let me just put it to you like this. We don't dial nine one one. Can I say that? All right, all right, we just, we'll keep rolling with that. Windows are open from the inside, but they give us access to what is outside. Windows are blessings. Can you imagine? Maybe you work in an environment. I have, you work in an environment where there are no windows. And then you work in an environment where there are windows. Which do you prefer? Windows give you access, they give you vision, they give you blessing of what's outside. Can you imagine, have you ever been a part of, or gone on vacation and you purchase the inside room or the the room with the view in the balcony, which costs more? Yeah, because windows give us access, there's, ble- there's breeze, there's beautiful views outside, there's blessings from God. There's benefits from the outside. When you, windows give us benefits from outside with the protection of being inside. Windows, windows let us experience blessing with protection. So here's the biblical principle that I want to I go at. When it comes to doors, doors are entrances into God's will. Windows are the blessings that we enjoy from entering through the doors that God has for us. So as we, we go into this, uh, as, as I'm talking about this, I want to ask you a question. I want you to ask yourself, what door am I facing in this season of my life that as I enter into this door, it's going to give me access to the blessings of God that's on the other side? So let's talk about what this looks like. On the other side of an open door, now, there are many doors in the Bible. The Bible talks a lot about doors and opportunities and windows of blessings. I'm just going to cover some of these. But on the other side of the door that I'm talking about right now, number one, there is salvation. In John 10 and 9, Jesus says this, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So Jesus is the door. Salvation is the window. Are you with me? Am I making sense? Jesus is the door. In John 14 and 6, he says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I want you to think about Jesus saying that in front of a group of people. Think about how confrontational. Think about uh, what, a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a statement that would be like in today's environment. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody has access to God through me. Through that one statement, Jesus draws a line in the sand, and from now on, for the rest of time, people have to choose a door. And with that statement, he does away with pluralism, the universal belief that all roads lead to God. Jesus said, no, there is no other way to God. There is no other access to heaven. There is no other way to experience eternal salvation except Through me. Jesus is the door to the window of salvation. Luke 13 and 23 says this. Someone asked him, Lord, will only a few people be saved? And Jesus replied, work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter but will fail. According to Jesus himself, and a lot of people get this twisted. According to Jesus himself, most people don't get, they'll get this as far as salvation. According to him, he says, narrow is the way that leads to life. Wide is the path that leads to destruction. And most people take that route narrow is the way and hard is the path that leads to life and few people find it. Why? Because there is only one door to salvation and that is through Jesus himself. And praise God that you have been chosen to enter that. Thank God that you know the truth. There are people all over the world, there are all people all over this community that have not gotten the truth, the gift of the truth but you have been given the truth and no matter what happens in your life, no matter what's what Struggle you might have, no matter what may buffet your life, whatever happens in the next six months with, with what's going on in our culture, no matter what happens through death and life, your security is locked in. You belong to Jesus because you have chosen Him as the door to salvation. Amen. Number two, on the other side of a door, there was God's provision. Blessings, enrichment in Matthew 7 and 7. Jesus said this: knock and it will be open to you. Knock is an action word. What are you believing God to do in your life? What are you setting back? And waiting for God to do, they that wait on the Lord, those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. There is a time to wait on God, and there is a strength that is given to us as we wait on God. But there is a time of waiting, and there is a time of walking, right? And some of us need to, need, need to stop waiting and start walking. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to start stepping And it begins with knocking. What does this look like? It means to first recognize the doors that God has placed in your life because not every door that's been placed in your life is a godly door. Sometimes a door is a decoy door, right? Sometimes a door is a trap door. Are you with me? So we need to recognize the doors that God has placed in our lives, and then we need to respond. And what does that look like? Number one, that means knock. Jesus says sometimes you need to be knocking and knocking and keep on knocking if you're going to enter through his door. God's provision comes through our response to invitations that he has given to us. And specifically provision comes through the invitation that is given to God's people through generosity specifically tithing. Is it all right if I talk about tithing in the house? Now, I'm a pastor, so we talk about tithing. In my church, it doesn't make us uncomfortable to talk about tithing. Are you guys, does this make you uncomfortable for me to talk about this? Can I, can I, can I get a better response? Does it make you uncomfortable for me to talk about this? All right, all right. Yeah, where I come from, it's very important that you respond with amens and yes, pastor, and Way to preach, and to preach. because I'm, an, I'm a very insecure pastor, <laughs> so I need lots of positive, no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but I, I like the feedback, listen to me, when it comes to tithing, it opens up the windows of blessings in our lives, not only because it's a kingdom builder, not only because it's how God blesses his church. That is one reason. You know, if we, if we didn't give for any other reason, we want to invest in the kingdom of God because of all the wonderful mission. You know, there's people all over the world that's counting on the church right now. The church of the United States, you know, with all the things that are happening there, I've got pastors and missionaries that go through our church, man. They are counting on us like never before. So, yes, mission gets funded. Yes, lives get changed. Yes, whatever you've got mission, you've got kids get fed and and, and churches get built. And, and whatever happens through the missions of this house, yes, the church gets funded. Invest in the kingdom of God. Yes, that's a reason to do it. But it's not just about that. It's also about what God wants to do in your life. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. It's one of the most powerful doors to access financial blessing in our lives. Listen to what God spoke through the prophet Malachi in Malachi 3 and 10. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory. and You'd have to go into the ninth verse. The Israelites were very hesitant about giving towards the church. They had stopped tithing to the church, forgotten and lost hope of, about what God would do through them and how God blessed them. They had given up on it. The church was under resource. People had been laid off. Ministry was suffering. So God sent this prophet to speak to God's people to remind them about the covenant of giving. And what he began saying, and I paraphrase, he's saying what you're withholding from my house is actually mine to begin with. And what you have is because of me to begin with. And the blessings that you have is because of the generosity that I have given you. I, I mean, he just, sometimes we, we need to have those moments where we're reminded that everything that we are and everything that we have is because of Jesus, right? Every now and then. Every now and then we need to remind ourselves, so God reminds him, hey, hey, don't get this twisted. What you have is because of me. But then he doesn't stop there. He goes a step further and he issues a challenge, literally makes a deal with God's people, if you will, that I believe stands today as a resounding offer. Malachi 3 and 10 says, you've probably heard this scripture before, it says, bring the full tithe, which means a tenth of your income, into the storehouse, which is the church, that there may be food in my house, and thereby, this is a blow away phrase, put me to the test. Have you ever heard that anywhere else in the Bible? Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the what? The windows of heaven. For you and pour out for you a blessing until there is no more what? Until there is no more need. This is potentially the most powerful challenges in all of the Bible. I have read the Bible several times through, and I never see in anywhere else in the Bible where God says, test me. It's only in the area of the tithe. Test me. Try me. See what happens. See if I won't. See if I won't move. See if I won't do something. My mom used to say that to me in church. Do that again. See what happens. See if I won't. It wasn't a good thing. This is a good thing where God says, I want to show you something that you want to tap into. I want to show you a door that is untapped in your life that, that, that I'm going to move. Move in this. See if I won't do something. See if I don't move in your life until there is no more what? Until there is no more need. I find out that in the life of believers, and I speak from a place of experience, this is something I live. This is something that, I, that has been proven in my life that I find that a lot of people are hesitant to give not because they're greedy or stingy, but I find it's because that there is so much need in their life that I would give if I had. But I want to ask you, I want to ask you a question because here's the deal. Tithing is a kingdom builder. Tithing is a kingdom builder. And God works through people. Here's the deal. God does not funnel resources into the church through a secret pipe in the back. All right? God doesn't rain down heaven in places where they need it to build churches. He finds people in the house with the faith and the obedience to give, and he blesses them, and he fulfills and enriches their lives in order that he can fund the kingdom, and he can be a blessing into their lives. Now, this is not just something that I live. I have seen this played out in churches that I have been a part of. I've pastored for over 20 years at the church, and I have seen what God does through people that have tapped into this and have stepped through this door. Here's what I want to ask you. If, if, if you're hesitant because of need, is it possible that the need that exists in your house is directly tied to the need That exists in his. And could it be that God wants you to take a step of faith toward his house and honor him first. So he can provide for your house and enrich your life that there is no more need. I really feel like that's some for somebody today. That you stand back and you're hesitant about that. But can I tell you that you will never take a step and walk through a door for God. That God doesn't move tremendously in your life. And here's what I found. It's better to live on 90% with his blessing than 100% without it. Right? That's what I found out. So I challenge you when it comes to this door of blessing, I challenge you to step through the door of provision. Lastly, I want to talk to you about on the other side of this door is Opportunity. Opportunity, God-only opportunities. I believe that God sets opportunities in our life that nobody can undo. And when it comes to opportunity, wisdom is the door. Now, a lot of times we think wisdom or opportunity happens through people, and I believe in connection. But when it comes to opportunity, when it comes to opportunity, wisdom is the door. Opportunity is the window, and two questions that we should ask ourselves at every door, number one, two questions, remember this, because a lot of times when we face opportunities, when we face doors, a lot of times we don't ask ourselves this, but the very first thing you need to ask yourself, number one is, am I being wise? When you're faced with a door of opportunity, whether you should step through it, a lot of times you need to ask yourself, am I being wise? Here's something else. A lot of times we ask ourselves, can I do something? When a lot of times we should ask ourselves, should I do something? Because just just because you can do something doesn't always mean that that you should. You know what adulting is? Not doing the things that you shouldn't do even though that you can. (laughs) Right? You know what discipline is? Not eating everything in the house, even though you can right right a wisdom question to ask I want to ask yourself this and we 're talking about opportunities because I believe that God will give us many opportunities in our lives. The wisdom question that we want to ask is in first of all, in view of my salvation, should I do this? What does the Bible say about the door that i 'm about to go through because a lot of people walk through doors of opportunity, decide about Christian lifestyles or decide about lifestyles not based on how it's going to affect their lives. A lot of people decide on a mate or a date and don't even think about how it's going to affect their salvation. So the very first thing that you got to think about when it comes to any opportunity is how is it going to affect my salvation. The second thing that you need to ask yourself is how is this going to affect my calling? Because you've been given a specific purpose and a calling. You didn't just sign up to set in a seat. You signed up for God to do a godly purpose through your life. How is this going to affect your witness? How is this going to affect people that are watching you? How is this going to affect people that are going going to come to know Christ one of these days through your life? How is it going to affect people yet to know the Lord that are counting on you to get it right? How does this affect people who love me? A lot of people don't ask themselves this wisdom question. How is this going to affect people that love me? How is this going to affect my father? How is this going to affect my mother? How many of you know that the decisions that you make don't just affect you? A lot of time, a lot of time in today's culture, we're only asking ourselves, how does this affect me? I have the right to do this. or I, I, this, is, this is my life. It's not just your life. You're making decisions right now in this season of your life that's going to affect your children and your grandchildren. For example, 75 years ago, Grandpa Hurst, about the time, just a little bit after the Great Depression, decided to move from Bakersfield, California to Oklahoma, to Tecumseh, Oklahoma, a little small hick town in Oklahoma. Why would anybody move from California to comes to Oklahoma. I don't know. But he moved there and he started going to this church and then he pioneered a church there. And then 75 years later there is Faith Christian Outreach Church where we're pastoring and hundreds of people are getting saved. Don't tell me the decisions that you're making today don't affect your grandkids. You're building a legacy. You're making a difference in the lives of people that you haven't even met yet that are going to grow up in the lives of people all around you. How is this? How is this season of your life going to affect future generations? Amen? The second thing that you want to ask yourself, not only is it wise, but you want to ask yourself, can I do this and honor God? Right? I want to be wise, but the second thing I want to do is I want to honor God. In fact, I want to tell you to start with, am I honoring God with this, with this, this decision? Can I honor God and go out with this dude? Can I honor God and go out with this girl? Can I honor God and make this decision? Most people live their personal lives from their urges. How does it feel? How does this make me feel? Does this make me feel happy? The, a lot of people decide whether or not they're going to marry somebody. Does this person make me feel happy? Are you single in the house today? If you want to get happy, don't get married. Go buy a dog. <laughs> Go get a cat. You don't get married because somebody makes you happy. Now, hopefully they do. Hopefully that's a side benefit. You, you get married because you're going to serve somebody else for the rest of your life. Right? Right? You're you're gonna. You just gave up fifty percent of your time and efforts, right? You get married because you're you get married because you want to start a family. You you, it's a whole different thing. Um, uh, He just makes me happy. Well, get ready to be unhappy. Uh, That's that's a whole different. That's a that's a relationship series, right? All right, as as I'm I'm gonna close here. Man, I could go on and on. This is, I really feel like God is speaking to people today. I'm going to give you some biblical examples then I'm going to close about doors of opportunity and windows of blessing. We talked about how Jesus is the door that leads to the window of eternal life. Generosity is the door that leads to abundance and provision in your life. Are you with me? Are you getting it? That, that, that God gives us doors that lead to windows Of opportunity or windows of blessing. Wisdom is the door to understanding the opportunities that you have in your life. Prayer is the door that opens up the window of the Holy Spirit leading in your life. Faith is the door that leads to godly intervention in your life. Amen. If you want God to move greatly in your life, then go out on a limb of faith, right? The prayer of faith is the door, according to James, the prayer of faith is the door that leads to the window of healing in our life. Serving is the door that opens up the window of blessing that comes from making a difference in the lives of other people. Small groups its the door that leads to the window of relationships in your life. Our God-ordained doors allow us to access the windows of heaven. In Revelation 3 and 8, it says this, This is Jesus speaking. I know all the things that you do. And I want to just pause there for a second. Because maybe you're in the house and you're feeling that nobody sees what I do. Nobody sees what I'm going through. I have been living behind the scenes my entire life. And the machine that's happening that I, the machine that I call life is happening because of the things that are happening that are unseen. Maybe you're here and you've been serving and nobody sees. You feel like, you know, I got the, the, the least job that nobody sees. That's okay. And you, and you don't need that. Maybe, in your, maybe as a mother, nobody sees what you do. But Jesus says here, and let me tell you something. The person that knows the most about you. Jesus, the person that loves you more than anybody else, the person that needs to see you the most, says, I see the things that you do. Look at your neighbor and say, he sees it. Everything that you do, but he doesn't just stop there. Because a lot of times, there might be people in your life that see the things that you do. And it feels good when somebody gives you a pat on the back and says, boy!" But really, that doesn't help a whole lot with what you got going on. Jesus says, I see the things that you do, Then he says this, I have opened a door for you that no one can close. So I want to tell you, I believe that there are people in the house today that God has seen the things that you've done. God has seen the things that you're going through and he is about to open a door in your life that nobody can close. They didn't open it and they can't close it. Amen? So I want to ask you something. What step through what door are you facing? What doors are you facing in your life that you need to take a step of faith? I, and, and I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. I'm not trying to get you to take a leap of faith. I'm trying to get you just to take a step. Well, you don't understand, I'm afraid that I might fail. Yeah, no, 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 you won't fail. You might stumble. You might stumble, but you won't fail, because he holds you by the hand. You're not going to fail. I think I've given us a little bit of knowledge of, you know how to choose the right door through wisdom. And Is it wise? Does it honor the Lord? But you've been hesitant and out of fear. Let me tell you something. Fear is the absolute enemy of faith. And the enemy wants you to be afraid to walk through that next door of opportunity because he understands the window of blessing that God is going to move in your life. He doesn't want you to experience that. So what door are you about to face in your life? What step do you need to take to experience the windows of blessing? Ask yourself that as we pray today. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to us today. And I believe, Lord, there are people here today that need to encounter a very real God. And I believe that there are people here today that are about to face a door. And, Lord, we don't want them to be afraid. We don't want them to be hesitant. We want them to step through that door. So, Lord, I pray that you will unctionize our our spirits, that you will strengthen us by your Holy Spirit to make the move or take the step that we need to take, that we will experience the windows of blessing. As every head is bowed, I'm I'm talking to the believers today. I'm talking to you that might be watching us online. Are you here? Are you listening today? And there's a door that you're facing that it requires a step of faith. Is that that what's going on in your life? Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I've been looking for something. Maybe you need God to to bring a door into your life. If he did, would you have the faith to step through it? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you about that door that you're facing. If you're seated next to somebody that you love, the Bible talks about how there's power in connecting in prayer. Take that person by the hand and let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's here today, every person in the house, every person, Lord, that might be facing a door, every person that's, that might be hesitant to take a step of faith through the door. Lord, I pray, Father, that we don't hesitate in fear, but we move and we step and we walk in faith that we can experience the windows of heaven and blessing. Lord, I pray for every family, for every mother, for every father, every marriage today, help us to take a step of faith in the name of Jesus and if you receive that, say amen.